Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And while I think most parents are aware of the role that vitamin C plays on helping their baby absorb iron, what's so unique about vitamin C is that it helps with the absorption of non-heme iron. So you know if you eat animal foods, that type of iron is quite well absorbed by the baby's body, but we also want to incorporate a variety of different plant foods and the type of iron that's in those foods called non-heme iron. When your baby is also having vitamin C rich fruits and vegetables in the diet, it's helping in two ways by providing the vitamin C your baby needs for all of the things that vitamin C does in a baby's body, but it's also helping to enhance the absorption of the non-heme iron that your baby is getting from all these different plant foods that you're introducing. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hello there and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about a very important micronutrient, vitamin C, and in particular, vitamin C for babies and what's important to know as a parent who is starting solid foods with babies because all of your baby's vitamin C comes from breast milk or formula up until the time they're six months of age. And while breast milk and formula continues to provide the majority of nutrition, even after you start solid foods, as the weaning period starts happening and baby starts getting less nutrition from milk and more nutrition from food, which is the goal, because by age one, most of your baby's nutrition can be coming from food. Vitamin C increasingly needs to be coming from food. So in this episode, I'd like to talk about what vitamin C is, what it does in your baby's body, how much vitamin C your baby needs, how you can get vitamin C safely into your baby using food. You do not have to rely on supplements. We'll talk a little bit about challenges and solutions and then dip into vitamin C deficiency and overconsumption, but just noting right at the outset that that is very rare. And I'm gonna get you out of this episode so that you know everything you need to know about vitamin C for babies. Now, I like to start out these mini training episodes with a baby-led weaning tip of the day. And I kind of already teased it, but today's tip is you do not need to stress about vitamin C because your baby is getting almost all of the vitamin C that they need from breast milk or formula, even after you start solid foods. So there's about five to seven milligrams of vitamin C in every hundred milliliters of human milk. And the formulas, commercial infant formulas that is, are designed to replicate as closely as they can, but never exactly, human milk. So whether your baby is formula fed or breastfed, if you have you know, approximately a liter, around 33 ounces, the baby will be getting between 50 and 70 milligrams of vitamin C. And if we look 
as we will in this episode, a little bit closer at the needs, babies need estimated around 50 milligrams of vitamin C a day. So just that insurance piece in your mind, I think it's important to learn about nutrients and nutrition, but I don't want you to obsess about them. And I want you to walk away knowing, gosh, it's important for me to start vitamin C containing foods and give my baby ample time to learn how to eat them. But breast milk and or formula will continue to provide the vitamin C that your baby needs. And hang tight because in this episode, I'm going to be sharing some easy tips on increasing the amount of vitamin C from foods as your baby gets more proficient at learning how to eat. All right, so let's start out by talking about what is vitamin C. So vitamin C is also called ascorbic acid. It's a water-soluble vitamin and has a number of different roles in the baby's body, okay? So what's interesting about vitamin C is like a lot of the important nutrients, we call it an essential nutrient, meaning it cannot be synthesized by the human body. So it has to be obtained through the diet. And we do that primarily through fruits and vegetables. And perhaps you've heard the story of scurvy. So when sailors used to sail across the ocean for long periods of time, vitamin C plays an important role in connective tissue and collagen synthesis. So their teeth would fall out, these sailors who did not have access to fresh fruits or vegetables. And then when sometimes they realized, oh wait, but the ones who eat limes, which contain vitamin C, they call them the limeys, their teeth did not fall out. We'll talk a little bit about scurvy, but it is an incredibly rare situation. So the name ascorbic acid it actually comes from what's the anti-scurvy, so anti-scorbutic factor. That's before vitamins were isolated and scientists knew what vitamins were. There was something in lemons and limes and oranges that prevented against scurvy. So vitamin C does a lot of other things in your baby's body, but when they get teeth, vitamin C plays a role in collagen formation. So vitamin C is crucial for the synthesis of collagen. That's a protein that provides structural support to your tissues. Like your skin and your cartilage and your bones and keeping your teeth in place. Vitamin C also plays a role in the immune system support. It's probably very well known that vitamin C has immune boosting properties. As a dietitian, I would argue that most people give way too much credit to the role of vitamin C. Vitamin C is not going to make your immune system stronger, but having insufficient vitamin C can cause you to be immunocompromised. So we know that there's a slight role that vitamin C can play in managing colds. Like vitamin C is never going to prevent you from getting a cold but it will make the cold length shorter and less intense is what some studies show. Iron absorption is the thing though that we're really interested in as far as roles of vitamin C go because vitamin C enhances the absorption of iron from plant-based foods. Like when your baby is learning how to eat different whole grains and those foods contain iron in them, we know that the iron from animal foods is very well absorbed, but vitamin C helps your baby also absorb iron from plant-based foods. And that's important in the transition to solid foods because the stores of iron that your baby got at the tail end of pregnancy, they start to dissipate or dip a little bit after your baby is around six months of age. Not a big deal, nothing to freak out about. We've covered iron extensively on the podcast, but you do start offering iron-containing foods and from the plant-based foods, pairing those with vitamin C-rich fruits and vegetables helps your baby's body absorb more of that iron from the other foods. Vitamin C is also an antioxidant, so it protects cells from damage that are caused by harmful molecules called free radicals. So we also know the other roles of vitamin C include wound healing. So we talked about the role of collagen that's essential for wound healing. So sometimes in a therapeutic setting, you'll see supplemental vitamin C given with, and there's mixed results as to whether or not or how effective that is in wound healing. So if a person has insufficient vitamin C, they would be at increased risk of 
having skin breakdown. Now the role, you know, babies don't have a lot of wounds, but they might have minor cuts or scrapes, diaper rash, et cetera. So vitamin C does play a role in their body's ability to repair these very small injuries. And one of the other things that vitamin C does is it's responsible for neurotransmitter production. So vitamin C is involved in helping synthesize certain neurotransmitters in the brain. And those infect things like mood and cognitive development. It's kind of more important for older children and adults, but just showing you that, you know, vitamin C is a very multifaceted micronutrient. Again, responsible for collagen formation, immune system support, iron absorption, antioxidant defense, helps with wound healing and neurotransmitter production. So it's crucial as far as a nutrient goes. It supports your baby's growth, their development, and we want to make sure that we're paying attention to a variety of foods. And one of the many reasons that we would do that is in order to ensure adequate vitamin C. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma. But therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Now, how much vitamin C does your baby need? If we look at the dietary reference intakes set of values based on research, although there's not a ton of it in babies, it's around 50 milligrams a day. And what basically researchers do is they look at breast milk and about how much breast milk babies need at a certain age. And then they kind of reverse engineer, okay, well, if there's around 50 milligrams of vitamin C in breast milk that babies get, then that's approximately how much we need. So we don't have like really hard and fast data about, you know, how much vitamin C does your baby need? But just to reiterate, you don't need to go supplementing with vitamin C. Your baby is going to be getting adequate amounts from their infant milk and then eventually from the foods that they're learning how to eat. Let's talk more about those foods. What are food sources of vitamin C? Vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin, meaning that your baby's body and your body, you excrete it in your urine if there's extra vitamin C that your body doesn't need. So sometimes we, in the nutrition world, we're talking about people who take you know, really, really high doses of water-soluble vitamins, they just essentially have expensive pee because they're going to urinate out all of the excess amount that they, their body doesn't need. And your body can get adequate amounts of vitamin C from foods. And in most cases, with some exceptions for rare medical conditions, you can achieve adequate vitamin C status from foods alone. And so fruits and vegetables are good sources of vitamin C. You've likely heard, you know, telling the scurvy story, but citrus fruits, right? Like lemons and limes and oranges, they contain vitamin C. But the variety of fruits and vegetables that you can include in your baby's diet, if you can keep that variety up, it ensures that you'll get enough vitamin C. So things like berries, strawberries, for example, are quite high in vitamin C. Red bell peppers are different colored bell peppers. We're a little bit cautious about bell peppers for babies. And I've shared a lot of content about how to make bell peppers safe, but we don't offer any raw, crunchy, or crispy red bell peppers to babies. But 
the variety is what matters. So in our program, when we introduce five new foods a week, we do a new fruit on Monday, a new vegetable on Tuesday, a new starchy food on Wednesday, a protein food on Thursday, and an allergenic food on Friday. If you look at that fruit on Monday, whatever the new fruit is, it has vitamin C in it. Whatever the vegetable is, it has vitamin C in it. Some starchy foods, potatoes, for example, contain vitamin C. You get to the protein foods, those foods don't have vitamin C in them, but they have iron. And remember, iron and vitamin C work together. Your baby's intake of vitamin C is helping them absorb iron from the plant foods that they're eating. So maybe you're doing some whole grains. They don't have the same type of iron as we see in animal foods, but with the vitamin C as a helper friend, the baby's body will absorb more of the iron from those plant foods. So you can see how this variety of foods is really important. And sometimes what happens when parents start solid foods, they only know how to feed fruits and vegetables. And while there's vitamin C in there, that's great. If there's no iron or no fiber or no protein or no allergenic foods, you can see how that would be problematic for the baby. So as long as you're working on that variety, and my suggestion is if you can follow that five-step feeding framework and do five new foods a week, it's 20 foods a month. In five months, your baby has learned to eat 100 different foods, at which point we know they're going to be getting adequate vitamin C and iron from their diet. If you want to grab a copy of my 100 First Foods list, I give it away to everybody on my free online video workshop called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. This is a 75-minute video training. Everyone at the end of that gets a copy of the 100 First Foods list, so you'll never run out of ideas of complimentary foods that your baby can be eating. You can sign up for the workshop. You can take it right now, later today, tomorrow, whenever fits your schedule. That's at babyledweaning.co. So what are some challenges and solutions when it comes to offering iron-containing foods? As with most nutrients, there are problems if a human consumes inadequate amounts, so we call these deficiency diseases, or if they consume too much of that, and we call these diseases of toxicity. So we'll start with deficiency. Vitamin C deficiency in infants is relatively rare in a well-nourished population, especially in developed countries where a variety and access to a variety of foods is generally available. Okay, there are some factors to consider when researchers look at the prevalence of vitamin C deficiency. Breastfeeding is one. So breast milk typically contains vitamin C, but the levels vary depending on the mother's diet. Okay, if the mom has a severe deficiency of vitamin C in the diet, it can potentially lead to lower vitamin C levels in the baby in the breast milk, okay? So in such cases, like we're talking about in cases of, you know, extreme famine and protein energy malnutrition, the breastfed baby might be at risk. But we know for the most part that the body works very, very hard to provide adequate nutrition to the baby. But vitamin C content, as with other nutrients in mom's breast milk, is to some degree dependent upon the mom's diet. Um, limited dietary variety, okay, if we're talking about parts of the world where there's a heavy reliance on for example, a starchy food um, like cassava or rice, and there's not a lot of other variety in there. There's a very low iron diet. And then of course, if there's no vitamin C to help the baby absorb the very small amounts of iron in those plant-based starches, there's potential for nutrient deficiency there. And then there are some special medical conditions that can increase the risk of vitamin C and deficiency in babies. So there's like certain malabsorption disorders, if, if there's certain feeding challenges, if there's limited access to fresh foods because of socioeconomic factors, those could all increase the risk of vitamin C deficiency. Another interesting point about vitamin C in babies is with regards to tobacco smoke exposure. So infants who are exposed to secondhand smoke, either during pregnancy or after birth, they may have an increased need for vitamin C. And if you look at the adult recommendations for vitamin C, it's the only one where there's actually a different set of values for individuals who smoke, because we know that vitamin C is an antioxidant and that smoking causes free radical production. You actually need more antioxidants in order to offset the bad work that the smoke is doing. So we know that for smokers, they're at higher risk for vitamin C deficiency. We see that in children who are exposed to secondhand smoke. 
when it comes to overconsumption, okay, or having too much for many of the micronutrients, there are what are called upper limits, ULs set, meaning if you consume a nutrient above the UL amount, it could potentially cause negative health consequences. Now, it's not ethical to design a study whereby we pump babies full of supplemental vitamin C and be like, ooh, well, what's the tipping point where this starts to do damage, right? So there is no UL set for vitamin C in infants. And the reality is, is because there's a relatively low risk of toxicity associated with excessive vitamin C from food. Okay, the excessive vitamin C, if you're ever going to see it, is going to come from supplemental sources and you should not be adding any supplements to your baby's diet without an underlying diagnosed micronutrient deficiency and guidance from a credentialed healthcare practitioner. Most practitioners who don't sell supplements are going to try to tell you, listen, your baby can get enough nutrition from the foods alone. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And one interesting thing about vitamin C with regards to toxicity is that in very high doses or mega doses coming from supplements, again, this is not happening from food, vitamin C causes GI discomfort. It can cause diarrhea. We see this a lot of time in the healthcare setting. For example, I used to work as a hospital dietitian. And whenever we had a patient who was on a tube feed, a lot of times they would have had, you know, compromised skin status. They might've had skin breakdown. They might be on um, very high doses of zinc and vitamin C to help with wound healing. But as a result, it would cause a bunch of diarrhea doctor would freak out and say, oh my gosh, the patient has diarrhea, stop the tube feed. I'm like, it's not the tube feed that's causing it, it's the high doses of vitamin C. We do take very high doses of this, which as some people like adults will do around, you know, flu and cold time, mistakenly thinking that it's going to help prevent their colds. Again, supplemental vitamin C has the potential to reduce the severity and the duration of a cold, but it's not going to prevent it. But some people experience a lot of GI upset and diarrhea. So that's just something to be aware of, but hopefully you're not giving your baby vitamin C supplements because they can get it from food. Um, three of my favorite foods to offer to babies that are good sources of vitamin C. If we start with the fruit category. I certainly love all fruits and vegetables, but strawberries in particular, they can be a little bit challenging to make safe for babies because they oftentimes tend to be too small for earlier eaters. We have some creative ways that we can get strawberries into a baby's diet safely in a form that they can pick up and feed to themselves. So strawberries are a very powerful source of vitamin C. From vegetables, I absolutely love broccoli because you can cut broccoli florets with like a built-in handle that the baby can pick up and serve to themselves. Of course, we don't offer raw broccoli. We need to cut it the right way and cook it the right way so it's soft and passes the squish test. And then from the starchy food categories, I absolutely love potatoes. Potatoes get dissed on sometimes because, oh, it's just a white carbohydrate. And there are 20 different starchy foods in our program, many of which are whole grain foods. Potatoes are not, but potatoes are a really good source of vitamin C. I know a lot of you think about sweet potatoes, which also have vitamin C, but when it comes to good old plain white potatoes, you can make them into mashed potatoes, which babies can practice their preloaded spoon skills with, right? Because it's a nice thick puree. Half the time they eat them with their hands and that's fine too. But you can also make potato sticks. I usually add, they tend to be quite dry. So we need to add a lot of 
low sodium sauces or dippers or toppers to make them soft, but potatoes are a wonderful source of vitamin C for baby lead weaning. And if you want help or guidance on how to make all of the 100 first foods on the 100 first foods list safe for your baby, my program Baby Lead Weaning with Katie Ferraro has a 100 first foods content library in there where I show you exactly how to prepare each of these foods safely. And then we also have a 100 first days meal plan. If you're like, I know I could pick my own five foods each week, but I just want you to do it for me, Katie. We have the 100 days all laid out where we sequence through different textures. Your baby's learning how to eat more trickier textures, combination foods, getting the allergenic foods in, tell you every single week which five foods to eat and how to prepare them. You can check out the 100 First Foods program. It's part of my Baby Led Weaning program at babyledweaning.co. I will link up all of the resources from this episode on the show notes, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 365. A special thanks to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like podcasts that feature food and science and using your brain, Airwave has some great podcasts for you. We're online at blwpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.